0: Welcome to another edition of the Bassin Interaction Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Bassin, sports reporter for CentralJersey.com, and I got a great show for you here today. Um, We got opening day. I'm filming this on um, Wednesday night, March 31st. So opening day is tomorrow, April 1st. Baseball is back. Derek Cole on the mound for the Yankees. I'm excited. I'm really excited about that. So I am going to give you later on in the show my predictions on what I think is going to happen this year on the Diamond and Major League Baseball. So stay tuned for that. I also have an exclusive interview with St. Thomas Aquinas, boys basketball player, um, Jaquan Harris, their star. He just committed to Seton Hall University. So I had a great interview with him. Please You know, stay tuned for that interview. Thank you again to Jaquan for coming on the podcast and talking about his season. A little short this year. He only played seven games, but still an amazing, you know, what he did. I mean, 17 points a game, six rebounds, six assists. He did it all for, um, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas. I went 9-5 this year. He helped the Trojans win the um, GMC title last year. So um, he's done a lot of great things for St. Thomas Aquinas and is a big factor in how they can do next year and why they're one of the top 15 teams in New Jersey, you know, this year. So um, please stay tuned for that. But we'll start with the breaking news. The Shore conference has put out their postseason pods that start next week, April um, 5th. And, um, you know, there are some little, you know, is it a true postseason pod no, you got teams like Southern that dropped out teams that I cover that will not be participating are CBA and how who are off the great starts. You know, CBA six and two, how six and one, you know, the only loss how has is against CBA, which snapped their 34, um, match winning streak in class a. Um, but I know they didn't have Paul Jacob in that match. I know, I know, I know. So, you know, hit him fourth, but, I'm um, big win. I mean, still, you know, CBA is a very good program and they have a lot of, Great wrestlers like I have mentioned in my other podcast, and they're off to a good start six and two, but they will not be participating. They're gonna focus on, you know, individually and getting set up for the Super Region tournament that will start on the 17th in a couple of weeks. So they're out. But there are some teams that will be competing. Um Pod one was supposed to have Rumson as the number one seed. Um, you know, even though Rumson's two and three, I mean the only losses they have are against Keenway, which is a you know powerhouse this year. Um, Ocean, they lost by seven points, 39 to 32. And and Memorial, they lost by three points, 40 to 37. So I mean Rumson's there, but unfortunately, you know, the news came out today that Rumson has to shut down for two weeks due to COVID-19 protocol. So they're out, and they will not be the one see. So instead, I don't know what's gonna happen. Right now, there's just three teams in pod one as of now. And that's Colts Neck at number three and Middletown North at number two. And then you got Jackson at four. And that Coltsneck Neck-Middletown South matchup is a big one. I mean, right now, as we stand, Middletown North is 5-1 in the season. The only loss they had is to Wall. Besides that, they have rolled through their opponents. I watched them against Marlboro, where they just, you know, besides three matches, won, every, won 11 matches in that dual meet. You know, and they're a good up-and-down team. Very young team. I mean, Anton has done a really good job for that program and helping build it up and up. Um, they had a good year last year, but even a better year this year, where they're at right now at five and one. If you haven't checked out my story on their success, um, please check it out. It's on central but they're five and one. And then you got Colts neck who is you know, and Colts neck. Yeah. You can say they haven't faced the biggest competition yet, but they got a nice one over Lacey um, on Monday, you know, 39 to 33. And, you know, coach Jankos has a good pro. I mean, has a very, has really built Colesnake up into a powerhouse program as well. I mean, you know, if you look at what they've been able to accomplish this year, being, you know, being able to stay healthy and be on the mat. Waller, you know, Logan Waller at 145 has just been amazing. He's 8-0 on the year. You know, Janusi down at the heavyweight. He's also 8 um He's having a good year. You know, it's been, you know, they've just been dominating right now. Snake they've been rolling. So it'll be interesting to see how those two teams match up, you know, to start things off. Colesnick and Middletown South, Middletown South, you know, five and one. They lost to how that was, you know, they probably have faced the best team that, you know, Colesnick has not faced that yet. They'll face wall tomorrow, but um, it still will be a good matchup to see how that plays out. It should be really fun to watch there. Um, So, yeah, so they will, as of now play, I mean, face off against Jackson Mora, which is the four seed. So um, that's as of right now, pod one, Um, I'll tweet out any more information I can get. Uh, tomorrow, I will be at the Howell-Freel Township meet as of now. Um, tomorrow, checking that out. Um, or maybe possibly Red Bank Catholic. I mean, Red Bank Regional, excuse me. Um, burrow tomorrow. Still up in the air on which one I am. But keep you locked into Twitter. I'll tell you where I'm at and get you all the details on those matches. Um, but um, that's pod one. <laughs> then you got pod two, which is Marlboro, who is four and 4-3. And they've had some nice wins, Marlboro. I mean... It being Long Branch, it being Manisquan and um, Manchester, their only losses are to CBA, Milltown South, and Howell, who are, you know, two have six wins, one has five. They've beaten each other. So, um, I mean, they face the top of the group, Marlboro. And, I mean, they got, you know, they're still a very good team. They got some really good wrestlers. They're 4-3. and three, And they face Manalpan tomorrow, which is another match possibly to cover. I'll be at which is a very good one as well, where you got an Alpen team that's 4-5-0 and five and zero now, excuse me, they're 5-0, they won today, and they're facing off against Marlboro in a nice rivalry matchup that, again, I mean, you know, two good quality teams. You know, Manalpen had that COVID, you know, they started out on the COVID, you know, restriction list, but they've been firing on, firing on all cylinders since they've gone back. Coach Pressman's done a good job with them, and he mentioned he's got a good squad, so... Um, Galero, you know, up there in the heavyweights, and not the heavyweights, but you know, you know, 221.95 has been very good for them. So, um, you know, that would be a good one to see. And they're actually in the f- number one in the pod four because of that, you know, start on the COVID list. And they haven't faced the top teams yet. They got number four and they faced up against Middletown North, who also started the year on the COVID restriction list. So it, it, it's been a crazy year. Uh, it was going to be tough to do this pod based on who can stay healthy with the COVID situation and how teams are going to do things with individual meets coming up. So, um, but it was a good idea for the shore. Um, you know, some other notes, you know, Raritan's three, two, and one, they've had a nice year they at pod three. Um, so it'd be nice to see them. I believe Madawan's in pod four as well. Um, so that would be nice. Marlboro is in pod two. They're the four C they face Lacey. So, um, I think Marlboro actually can win that match. Mattawan is in pod two, excuse me. They're they're 2C in pod. I wouldn't be surprised Marlboro and Mattawan face off against each other, but I wouldn't be, you know, Times of Reese, I think, you know, you know that, being the South divisions, you know, you're facing the top-notch team, so they might be able to get past Mattawan, but we'll see. We'll see. But I think Marlboro can beat Lacey there. Um, you know, I think Madawan, Manalpin, which is in pod four, I think they'll, you know, they – Will face Brick Memorial, that's number two. That should be a great matchup, but they face off against each other, um, you know, which I think will probably happen. So, um, you know, there'll be some cool matches there in the pods, but, um, you know, we'll see how it goes. Again, it's all about, as we all know, the, the individual tournaments. You know, a lot of teams have mentioned that this year that they're trying to get their kids as much experience on the mat as possible and get them revved up for the individual tournament. And we'll see who makes that super region. I mean, again, it's going to be selective. You're going to have to wrestle your best this year to make it. You know, it's not just going to be got, you know, if you don't got the um, quote-unquote, qual, not qualifications, but, you know, the past excellence or achievements, you know, in past years, you're going to have to, you know, step it up. And if you beat some of these top-notch wrestlers, you put yourself on the map to get in. So it should be interesting to watch, um, in you know, in a couple of weeks to see how things translate. But um, that's the postseason pods for the short conference. Um, You know, um, I'll be covering a couple of matches later on this week. You know, and like I said, keep it locked into to Espace Undergore Sports. I will let you know where I'm at. It's, it's crazy every day with either a shutdown or matches changing and all. But, um, you know, it's been fun so far. Got to see some pretty good matches. Um, You know, I know Milltown South kind of rolled over um Marlboro, but there were some very tough-notch matches in those. You know, one thing about the short conference is maybe the, the, the scores don't match it, but you get some really good. You know matches you know between you know at certain weight classes so um you know it's been a fun quick season it's only been two weeks basically we're in the middle of the third week so um you know it's almost over which is surprising to see you know, almost team stuff and then you got this you know the ninja tournament's coming up with super regions and then following week states so um it'll be fun to see how everything you know comes together you know again you know the COVID situation it's tough it was same thing with basketball i mean you didn't know what was going to happen you had teams during the pod championships, teams go out, like St. John Vianney for the boys, I remember. So it's a crazy situation. But um, though, that's the pod right now. Um, you know, and we'll see if they add anybody to the pod one. You know, maybe they move up a team like, um, you know, right now they have Lacey's number one from top Maybe they move them up. I don't know. Maybe they put Manalpin and, or Brick up there, more out there. I don't know. But um, will be interesting to see. But Colisec, Middletown South, if that stays the same. Great match to start it off. That would be a really good one. The winner, if they face Jackson Morrow, that would be a good one too. So, you know, a lot of fun action next week before the fun starts again with the individual tournament. And we'll see which stars from the short conference make it far. Other schools as well with their top wrestlers. So it um, should be a lot of fun. So um we're gonna switch gears here and go into basketball. And my interview with Jaquan Harris, who had a great season um last year for um St. Thomas Aquinas and helping them win the greater Middlesex conference tournament this year. He played in seven games, but Hey, he proved his worth in all those games. Like I mentioned, he averaged 17.4 points a game, six rebounds, six assists. He was, he was dynamite and proved why he's a division one player. He has committed to Seton Hall. He's going to play with his brother there. um, Jameer, who's coming over from American university. So it's going to be, you know, the, the Harris family gets to see their two boys with each other. So that's play together. So that should be fun. And you know, all that good stuff. So um, here is Jaquan Harris from the St. Thomas Aquinas Boys Basketball Team. Jaquan, thank you for coming on the Bass Interaction Podcast and talking about your commitment to seeing Hall. I mean, first off, like, how does it feel to make your commitment to seeing Hall University?
1: Um, it's great, man. Uh, I had the dream of playing it, like, and clear in front of my friends and Now that I got the chance to do it, it's like a dream come true.
0: Um, why did you decide to go to Scene Hall? Was it because it's in New Jersey and you can stay home? Like what were the what were the reasons why you decided to go to Seton Hall? They also are a very good basketball program and usually make it into the tournament as well the last couple of years is another factor, I would guess, too, right?
1: Yeah, yeah. Um, I've seen what the uh the coaching staff does with their guards. And just their players in general, like from their freshman to their senior year or however long the players stayed that they, they always develop. And I had a lot of talks with Coach Willard and the rest of the staff. And they were just telling me that if I have a dream, like they're going to help me get to it. Like, we're going to put in a lot of work and they're willing to work with me. And um, uh, the school being in Jersey, which is my dream, you know, like staying home and playing in front of everybody. I have my, all my games. And just the support would be crazy. And uh, I've been, I've been to one C Hall game, and it was just crazy in the Prudential Center. And I, I want to be in that environment. And the Big East is a big time conference, so I'm going against great. For every game I play in the in the conference, so I played a big part. Um, coming
0: with you is your brother jameer Excuse me. Um, what's that like? The fact that you two are going to get to yeah. play together.
1: Um, I never. I actually never played. Like I was on the team with Jameer. I was young. Like I didn't get in the game. Like I was just on the team. So this is like a dream come true because we never thought this would be able to happen, and them giving us this chance is just even better. Makes everything even better.
0: Um, was that was were you two trying to play? Was that always a goal to come play together?
1: Um, not really. It was just like yeah, like that. That wasn't really a a factor it just so happened that sin hall was the best opportunity for both of us and us committing together just was like a thing that we wanted to do like we had an idea of doing cuz sin hall was like it they were number 1 on my list for a few months now and mm-hmm. my brother going there just made me want to go there like uh, make my decision sooner so we ended up making our decision like around the same time and we put it out Awesome. Awesome. So I I
0: bet your family must be very happy about that to see their boys, you know, playing and they get to see them and playing together. That must be a good thrill for them to look forward to
1: seeing. Yeah, for sure.
0: Um, for sure. So you've had a great career so far for St. Thomas Aquinas. You helped the team win the GMC last year. Um, take me through this year. It was crazy. You know, with the COVID situation and all, how do you think you guys handled it, and what was it like playing under all those circumstances this year?
1: Um, I think we handled it well. Like, um, we didn't, we weren't able to get like the amount of practice that we usually have. We started really late. Like, I think we started like January twenty sixth or something, something like that. And then we played like a week or two after. So that that's never really happened before. And uh, I think we held held our own and played together. Uh, I got hurt in, like, the like the fifth game or something like that, and I was out for the season, so that sucked. But uh, I think we handled it well. But the conditions we were playing in, it, it was a little different, like playing without any fans or nothing like that. But, like, the bigger games, it wasn't really uh, a problem, I would say, because it's like when you're locked in, you don't really hear the outside noise anyway. So I was just – the big games, I'd just be locked in, so I didn't really feel the difference in those games
0: yeah and you guys got to play some pretty cool, good teams i mean hudson catholic you faced um life center i mean there's a lot of teams in the top um 10 this year in new jersey that you guys got to play so that must have been fun at least that you guys got to play those top teams
1: yeah that was fun man yeah that's what we want uh we work really hard and at our craft and um we want to play the best competition possible you not running from nobody so Whoever whoever um, wanted to play us, we played, and whoever we asked to play, and they said they wanted to play, we played. So we were taking every game we could.
0: Um, I know you mentioned you got hurt, but you still um, had a great season. I mean, 17.4 points a game, six rebounds a game, six assists a game. You did it all. I mean, what? how happy were you with the ability for what you were able to show on the court, especially in those big games in the limited action you had this year?
1: Yeah, man, I, I just, like, the uh, the big game against Life Center, I just proved, like, to myself, like, that I could play with anybody. And I just needed, like, one of those big games because I've been working hard since since we started or, like, a little bit into quarantine until the season started. I was working, like, every day. And this season just, like, showed me that everything's paying off. Um, You know, you got to play with Quadri Adams
0: last year. Who's a Division One player? He played at Wake Forest. What was that like playing with him, and what did you learn from playing with him that you've been able to take to the court the last this past year?
1: Yeah, man, Quadra. He's like he's like a brother to me now. Like we, our bond got really close. Like before the season last year, and during the season, we got really close. And um, from him, I just like took how he carried himself. Like even like in school, he just carried himself how he's supposed to. And um, on the court, he did the same thing. So I took that away from him this last year. Yeah,
0: and Coach Turco, you know, coach you know, agrees with that. He was telling me earlier, you know, you're a great person on and off the court, you know, as a student, as a person, as a leader. Um, so you're, you know, you're saying that, like, you're one of the best, you know, people he's ever coached. So, you know, what, what's that like, you know, to get that from a coach, like how great you are on and off the court?
1: yeah man turco he's he's an amazing coach. Uh, he always has my back. he always has all our backs. It's not just me. he's like, um, he's like family to me now. Uh, I probably wouldn't be where I'm at right now if it wasn't for him, he gave me opportunity. I wasn't getting nowhere else to showcase what I could do and he gave me the opportunity and i lo- and I love him for that.
0: um, you know the program has really gone sky high the last couple of years and I know this year wasn't a full year, but um, you know, the last two years, what do you think you guys have been able to prove to the uh, state about how good of a basketball program you guys are?
1: Um, I think we've been able to prove like we're going to be one of those next powerhouses that comes out of Jersey. We're on the verge of doing that, and um, with me, I'm going to be a senior next year. But the the people, the uh, the players we have that's under me are really good too. So they'll keep on to carry, keep carrying on, keep carrying on the the, the tradition we have. And, uh keep everything going um not to get too far next year but you're gonna be the leader you're gonna be the man i mean what are
0: you looking at for that you know a full year of you being the go-to guy and the leader of you know the Trojans
1: uh I'm gonna just keep doing what I've been doing uh this year i kind of played that role also being a junior i still played that played that uh role for us and uh I'm gonna just keep getting better every day keep working hard and prepare for college and prepare for this uh last my last season. Um, what do you guys what do you think you guys can do in your last season?
0: What, what any goals you guys have set out for yourselves for you know the next season?
1: Yeah, we we gotta win our um it's a must. We have to win our states and our counties. That's a must. We have to. We weren't able to do it um the the year two two years ago when we had Quadri and Derek Grant and all that. So we we gotta get that back for them and we gotta win states. Um, What was it like winning the
0: GMCs last year? Because you guys hadn't won it in, a, in a long, long time. What was that feeling like, you know, beating a South Brunswick team that ended up winning their sectional title and you guys did it in convention fashion? Like, what was that like to win a championship like that last year?
1: Um, it was a crazy feeling. Like, I think that was – it was one of the first ones the, um, the school has won in, like, 30-something years, something like that. So it was a crazy feeling. Uh, the environment was crazy. That was the most people I ever played in front of, like, there was people like sitting on the court, like on, on the floor. The stands was packed. It was crazy. It was just a great feeling. And to do it with them, it just made everything even more special. And I bet you next
0: year, you know, hopefully, you know, the places will be packed where you can do that again, yeah. right?
1: Yeah, I hope so, man. I hope so.
0: Um, yeah, my last point again, quadri, um, yeah, sorry. Thank you, you for coming go. on the podcast and everything else. I- I'm calling you Quadri. I shouldn't be doing that you. know, and everything else, but, um, you're kind of, you remind me of Quadri with how you talk and your play on the court. I feel like you guys are very similar being able to watch you two guys and, and everything else. So maybe that's the reason, <laughs> but, yeah. um, you know, you know, having your commitment now to seeing a hall, um, in you know now that you've done with that is that gonna allow you to kind of relax these next couple of months knowing that that college stuff it, it's not on your head anymore you can focus on high school and finishing out your senior year and then take that
1: for scene hall when that comes after next season um i wouldn't say it's like well it's uh, um I, I can relax in the sense of i don't have to worry about what school i'm going to but now it's just it's time for me to turn it up even more like i gotta get ready this is just, just the first step to uh, what my future is going to be. And I don't really have time to, uh, to like, um, dwell on it and rest. I just got to get ready for it. So I'm ready for the moment when it comes. Awesome. Awesome.
0: Well, thank you, Jaquan for coming on the podcast and talking to me about your commitment and the success you've had for St. Thomas Aquinas. Um, it's been fun watching you and I'll just, you know, hopefully next year I get to see you in a Again, those bigger environment games, and hopefully we can play a full season and everything else.
1: Yeah, for sure. Appreciate you for having me.
0: And thank you again to Jaquan Harris for coming on the podcast to talk about his commitment to play for the Seton Hall men's basketball program and also um, his season. You know it was short with uh, St. Thomas Aquinas this past winter. Um, seven games, 17.4 points a game, six rebounds, six assists. I mean, in limited action, um, you know, Jaquan had a very nice season for, you know, St. Thomas Aquinas. He helped him win the Greater Sex Conference Championship the year before. So he's had a nice career for the Trojans. And like you mentioned, he wants, you know, wants to win another conference title and he wants to make a run in the States. You know, that's his goal for his senior year with the Trojans. So hopefully, you know, we'll get to see them in full action next year, a full season on the court big games from the States to the conference championship games, all that good stuff. And hopefully we can all get to see that next year as we get into our new normal. So switching gears now, we're going to major league baseball opening day is here. It is here. And I know it probably doesn't feel like that in the, in, in the East coast because it's, you know, kind of rainy and cold and all, but um, you know, baseball is here and 162 game season. and, you know, it's great. It's great to see baseball back. Fans can be back in the stadiums, all that good stuff. Um, You know, it's a, it's a big day. In Major League Baseball opening day it always has been. And I think this year it's even bigger with fans coming back and, and, and everything else. So um, it's fun. And I'm going to give you my predictions on what I think is going to happen this year in the American league and the national league and who I think is going to win the, each division and who I think the wild card teams are going to be. So, uh, here we go. I'm going to start with the American League. And first off, everyone knows I'm a Yankee fan here. And I know that's a little biased, but um, here's the deal. It's World Series or bust for the New York Yankees. And I'm not saying that as an impatient fan or being biased or whatever. They should be making the World Series this year. They should win the AL pennant. And the fact of the matter is they should because the rest of the teams in the American League are flawed. There is It is wide open for the Yankees to take this year. There are two, or you can count three if you want to put the White Sox involved. I mean, I know they lost the to a pectoral muscle tear, but still, when you look at the Astros and you look at the Rays, both teams got worse this offseason, okay? You know, the Astros lost Springer, okay? They won't have Verlander this year because of Tommy John surgery. Those are two huge losses for them, especially since Springer has been a dynamite player for them in the postseason, and Verlander is a pro's pro a Hall of Fame pitcher. Then you go to the Rays who traded away Snell and they lost Charlie Moore and who goes to the Braves. So they lost two of their top three pitchers, not to mention Anderson's out, you know, until at least the all-star break, I believe. So that's a key part of their bullpen now. hurt. So all those factors – Okay, those were the top two teams the Yankees had to deal with coming in. I don't put the Blue Jays in there because I think the Blue Jays have no pitching. And the fact of the matter is, yes, I know they got Mark Simeon, which is a nice move. They got Springer. Springer, A, is not starting even on the, you know, he's on the IL to start the year. But I don't think they have the pitching to compete. You know, I'm worried, you know. I would say the White Sox, like I just mentioned, would be maybe the next team to worry about because they do have pitching. You know, they have Giolito, they have Keuchel, they just got Lancelin. Okay, Kopech's probably going to pitch this year for them. You know, he's a highly touted prospect from the Red Sox. Okay, Um, they got Hendricks from you know the A's, so they have pitching. They have a good lineup, as we all know from last year. But still, the Yankees are a better team than them. Better offense, better bullpen. Okay, especially since Hendricks does not do well against the Yankees, and we can talk about 2019 when he blew black-to-back games. One, he gives up a home run to DJ D.L.M.A. and then back-to-back the back bombs the next day to Brett Gardner and Mike Ford. But I digress. Anyways, it's, this is all for the Yankees to take, it, to take. You know, this is their year to win it. I know they don't have Luke Voigt to start off the year, but still, at, he's got the tour meniscus and all. They're still the best team. And and Jay Bruce is a pro's pro. He's a professional hitter. He helps balance the Yankees lineup. He actually might even make the Yankees a better team even without Voight. I know Voight's the better player, especially you know last year because he was a home run team with 60 games, and he and he definitely has improved and has showcased his talents the last couple of years for the Yankees. But you know you know that left hand lineup, that left hand here really balances out that Yankees lineup that's more right handed. But um, you know I think Jay Bruce also had a good spring, so you know the Yankees. The bottom line is they're the best team. They have the pitching if it stays healthy in the bullpen, in the starting rotation, and their lineup if Stanton and just can stay healthy, that they should m- roll through the AL and make it to the World Series. Do I mean that they're going to win the World Series? No. You know, the Padres and the, and the Dodgers, they're going to be tough customers, and 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 you can arguably say they're the top two teams in all of Major League Baseball. But the Yankees should make a run, Okay. You look at the pitching rotation they have. Garrett Cole's the best pitcher in the American League, okay? Might be better than Degrom. I know Mets fans will probably, you know, argue with me on that. But, um, <laughs> you know, having Cole, I know there's question marks afterwards. with What you're going to get with Tyone? What you're going to get with Kluber? Jordan Montgomery. You know, Germán. I think Domingo Germán, it's horrible what he did, first and foremost. Let me just put that out there. It's horrible what he did and everything else. But um, I am someone that, you know, I'm someone who got a second chance and wants second chances. He does deserve a second chance, but he's on thin ice, as, as Luke's voice says. Because what he did was horrible and should never happen at all. You should never be doing that to your significant other in any relationship you're in, But um, you know, off that topic. But, um, you know, I think he's a big factor for the Yankees this year, and I think he could really help them make a, you know, make the run to the World Series. He's, that, he's a good fifth starter. He may be, possibly be their third best starter right now. You know, behind Kluber and, and, and Cole. Really, you can make an argument with how, with how he was pitching the end 2019 and what he's done spring training. So they have the arms, okay? They got the back-up arms in the minor leagues and Davey Garcia to move up. They have depth there. Their bullpen, I know they don't got Britain until the All-Star break, but Darren O'Day, Justin Wilson were nice signings, you know, Chad Green. You know, Chapman, you know, you can put Luizaga in there. Luis Sessa's not bad. He's dur- He's okay. Um, you can manage enough with what they have where they are still the best team on paper, and they got to take it. Um, you know, I mean, do <laughs> who I think is going to have big years? Listen, I think it's a big um, – Judge is going to have to have a big year. He's really in a contract year. I mean, I know he's in control for another year, but, um, you know, I think – depending on what he does this year, I don't think the if he has a great year, the Yankees will probably lock him up in the offseason. But if he's hurt again, the Yankees are just going to go in one year and see if he can stay healthy. Because if I'm cashman, I'm not giving him anything if he shows me he can't stay healthy. You know, you know that's just the facts. So um, it's a big year for him. It's a big year for Sanchez. I've been a critic of Gary's, but I've also been a fan of Gary's. I think Gary is a better hitter than what we think. I, I think last year was just an odd year. I think he can produce well. I think the other thing is, as a catcher, yes, he has a great arm, but he's not a great defensive catcher in blocking balls and all. But don't forget, he's had, like, three different catchers coaches in, like, the last three years or, four, you know, whatever it is. So um, that's not the easiest thing to deal with, especially when you're trying to teach him different techniques, one leg down, all that stuff that he's trying to learn. But um, I think he can do good enough. Do so I think he's going to have a monster year? No. But I think, listen, if he can give you, like, a 247 batting average with 32 home runs and, like, almost 100 RBIs, I am signing up for that. I am signing up for that from Gary Sanchez, okay? Signing up, okay, because that's a big key for them is how he plays. Kiyoshi ok is a nice backup catcher, and he can do what Romain has done in the past. But, you know, those are the two key guys, and also Stanton. Um, A, he's got to stay healthy. He hasn't been healthy the last few years. And as you see, when he is healthy, he is a huge plus for them in the playoffs. People can talk about, all oh, the Yankees might be better without him. You look in the playoffs, they win with when he's in there. You know, they, they win games when he's there. When he hits home runs, they usually win games, you know, when he, he does well. So he he's a big factor. You know, he's one of the best play. He was one of the best players in the game just a couple of years ago. So why the Marlins gave him that huge contract. So, you know, I think he'll have a nice year. You know, DJ's DJ. He'll be a consistent player for them. Aaron Hicks is my question mark because he can't stay healthy. Um, Let's just say it um he's a he's very athletic i i know that that's always been the case with him since 2016 when they traded for him um but if he can at least give you 100 to 120 games you have to sign up for that because i can't think you can get anything more than that it's the reason why they brought back brett gardner and you know Mike top on the team not just saying both of those guys are good players and good left-handed bats that you can put off the bench and plug in the lineup when he's not healthy but you know if you can get that from hicks Switch hitter, he has a good arm. He was recovering from Tommy John last year, so that definitely was a factor for him. But he stays healthy. He can be decent for you. Have like 2018. He had like 26, 27 home runs, I believe, that year. Give you that type of production. That is huge for you. Um, I think Glaber I think Glaber last year saw after a monster year in 2019 where he hit over 30 home runs, how pitchers were pitching to him differently. They were attacking differently, teams, and he was a little, you know, a little heavy coming. Coming out of quarantine, all that. We all know that. But um, I expect him to do fine. You know, Geo's Geo. I, I expect him to make stellar plays on defense. And he's, uh, again, he's not going to wow you with his bat, but he makes contact and he comes up big in clutch situations. Him and DJ, I mean, if people are up and running, if runners are on base and you got DJ or Geo up, you are happy because those guys in those clutch moments, they come up big. Um, you know, are they going to get something from Miguel Andelar this year? I don't know. I mean, he's injured injured right now. You have to think he's going to be up here somehow. You know how the year goes. You know, we'll see what happens, but um, or it'll be a trade chip. But um, he's a professional hitter too. He can hit. We all know that the defense is the question mark. But um, listen, I think the Yankees have enough, or they should make it to the. You know, even if voids out until like July, you know, I think Jay Bruce will be a very prominent bat and do really well at first base. Okay. Um, he's a pros hitter. He's shown that the if the Yankees got him in 2017, I think he would have been a big addition for him. They were trying to get him. The Mets just wouldn't trade him to him. But he's a huge addition, left-handed bat. And I think he could do really well at Yankee Stadium. You know, lefties at Yankee Stadium. You know, he can do that. Um, you know, the rest of their roster, look, I'm not a Tyler Wade fan. I know he's athletic and all that stuff. He can, He's fast and you can play him at different positions. He can play in the outfield. He can play in the infield. But he's so inconsistent. and. He's not a great hitter. Like, I don't know. But, look, in moment he is a guy for a pinch runner, and he can play good defense. I thought Dietrich was actually better than him, and they should have played him. But he's still at the alternate site, they say. But, you know, listen, you know, they're going to, you know, it's like Taysom Hill with the Saints. You know, the Yankees are going to live or die with Tyler Wade. They just love him. They just love him. He's, you know, they just love him. So, um, yeah. But that's the fact. The Yankees should win the East and go all the way to the World Series. Okay, that's the facts, and that's what I'm predicting, okay? So um, I should end it now, but I'll give you the rest of what I think is going to happen. The White Sox, I know they lost Jimenez, but, you know, like I mentioned before with the team that they have, I have them winning the Central in good offense, good pitching. I think they have the best – I think pitching is going to help them win the Central, really, because I think they have more pitching than the Twins do. The Twins, yes, they have some nice players. You know, listen, you know, Nelson Cruz is a, you know, borderline Hall of Famer, you can say. You know, Josh Donaldson is a very good player. You know, Kepler, I think, is a very underrated player that they have. But I don't think they have enough pitching. I don't think they have enough to win that division in a 162-game season. So I got the White Sox winning that. I have the Royals being the third team in the Central. And then the Indians falling the fourth and then the Tigers being fifth. So that's my ranking in the Central. As for the American League, I have the Rays over Toronto. Because Toronto, I think, does have has no pitching. A, Springer's out to start the year, which hurts their lineup. Um, they lost their closure for the year. The Yankees bomb Rayu. And I think, you know, Ray he's an okay pitcher, but I don't think he's a good American league pitcher. Let's just say that. Um, I have the Rays being them. I think the Rays have enough talent with what they have in their pitching that they'll be the second team. They'll be third the Blue Jays. I have the Red Sox fourth, the Orioles fifth. So that's my rankings there for the East and the Central. As we go to the West, I have the Astros winning the division, actually. I think the A's are a very flawed team. Chapman's their best player. They have a nice first baseman, but they lost Hendricks, to their closer. Their pitching's been a been a hit or miss subject, even though they have these young, talented arms. I think the Astros with McCullers and with Grankey, those are good professional pitchers. I think they can get the job done. I think Carlos Correa is going to have a big year, especially since they basically like they snubbed him with the contract offer they gave him the Astros. I think he's going to go all out that a big year. Him and Bregman, I think, will lead the way. They you still have Altuve, Michael Brantley's a good player. I think they'll have enough. The Bullpen's not that bad. I think they have enough, the Astros, where they're going to win the West. I really do. And the second team I have is the Angels. I do not have the A's, third, second. I have them third. I think the Angels, listen, Mike Trout's got to take his team to the playoffs again. He, he just has who He hasn't done it in a long, long time. I think you can get it done. Yes, there's question marks on do they have enough pitching and all, but I think Otani healthy helps them out on both the offense and uh, in pitching every five days. You know, th- you know they got Rendon at third base, who I think is an MVP quality player as well. They have enough, the Angels, I think, where they will, Angel Joe Madden for a full year, that um, they will be second. I think they will be second. And then the are third, Mariners fourth, Rangers fifth. Which brings me brings me to my wild cards, where I have the Rays and I just mentioned it, the Angels. That's what I have. I have Mike Trout actually taking his team to the playoffs. Fuck it, they say it every year, never happens, but I think this year it's going to happen. Uh, that's my prediction. Okay, so that's my prediction. Yankees win the East, White Sox win the Central, Astros win the West, and the wild card teams are the Rays and the Angels. And the bottom line is, it's World Series of bust. Yankees have to win the AL pass. Okay, so that's my predictions on the AL side. We switch over to the National League, which is a very tough league when you talk about the heavy hitters, when you talk right off the bat in the NL West, the top two teams, the Padres and the Dodgers, who are the best two teams you can say in the Major League Baseball. You got the Braves who put the Dodgers on the brink of elimination, being up 3-1 and then blowing that series, but they're third. And they got better with getting Morton. and they're in Sarka's coming back and all that stuff. That and you know, Freddie Freeman had a year for them. Those three teams are those top three teams would probably with the Yankees be the top four teams, five teams in baseball, in my opinion. So that's my prediction. I think they're the top five teams in baseball. If you, if you, four teams in baseball, four, four top four teams in baseball, if you have the Yankees there. So you already got those three teams, and then you got teams like. The Mets, the Phillies, the Nationals, the Brewers are an upcoming team. The Cardinals, Gallardo, all that stuff. It is a very powerhouse league. So I'm going to start it off in the East. The Braves are going to win it. They have enough pitching. They have a good offense with Acuna Cunha, and Freeman leading the way. I believe they will save off a very competitive East and win that division. Um, in the Central, I got the Cardinals. I think the Arenado deal with him and Goldschmidt, I think they have enough offense where they can win. They're pitching. I think just the Cardinals understand talent. They get guys in the right places. Their farm system is good. I mean, they, I mean listen, they got the void, made him a good player. Um, so they have enough, I think. And they just find – you know you got Molina back there. I think helps – is a big help for the pitchers there. They always are a competitive team in the – you know, going in. So I have them winning the central. Um, and then the West is the big one. The West is the big one. You can flip flop Padres Dodgers. I got the Dodgers. I think Bauer puts them over the top. I think they have enough pitching and I was very impressed by the Dodgers last year. They just got everything. You know, when you look about their, their lineup, you know, with Mookie Betts, you know, who, who arguably you can say he's a top player in the league, you know, you know, I think Seager had a monster year last year. If he's healthy, you can arguably say he's like the top third short, top three shortstop in the league. Really, you can say that. You know, you know him. Justin Turner is a good third baseman. You know, they they have it all. You know, we can go down the list of, of what um, the <laughs> Dodgers do or do not have. I mean, listen, they have David Price, and he's not even—he's in the bullpen. He's not even starting the year on the. On in the in the rotation, that's just how good the rotation of the Dodgers is. They just they are just a very solid team. They have a lot of good players and all that stuff. So, you know, you know, Dustin May I think was a very good player for is a very good pitcher for them. You know, Kershaw, Bueller, at Urias, who was there, who had a really good postseason, and he doesn't you don't even talk about their rest of their bullpen with you know Tryon and Jansen who. I know James is not the postseason guy, but he's a really good player, pitcher in the regular season. He's a good quality closer. Um, you know, you know Max Muncy, and, you know, he's a very good second baseman. And we haven't even talked about maybe you can say arguably their best player in Cody Bellinger, you know, who's, you know, who's young, who's younger than Mookie Betts and maybe their best player. So, you know, that's just the facts. Those guys, they're the top team. Um, I have the Padres, too. I do have the Padres making the playoffs, of course. But, um, look, Tatis, Machado, Hosmer, I mean, we can go down and list up the lineup that they have. And then adding Snell um, with Darvish, I mean, you know, they got a a decent pitching rotation. Their bullpen's hit or miss, but they have the offense slam San Diego. They have the pitching where they can arguably be one of the best teams in baseball. I think, though, the Dodgers just have more depth and more pitching that they're going to beat the Padres, but the Padres are still going to be a 91 team over 91 team and still going to make the playoffs. I think both teams will dominate the West. You know, the Diamondbacks, the Giants and the Rockies are going to be, do- you know, you now some of them, once you might have under 60 wins, probably not, but 60 wins, all those teams might have. I think, you know, cause you play the Dodgers and the Padres 19 times. I think they're going to, the Padres and the Dodgers are going to do, uh, are going to dominate the West. Let's just say that in the, in division play. But, um, you know, those are my top two teams, and as you said, both I have the Dodgers win the West, I have the Padres make the playoffs. So that's my wild card team, is one of them is the Padres. My other wild card team, so this is going to be a surprise to people, but I am going with the Washington Nationals, beating out the Mets, beating out the Phillies, and beating out the Brewers for that last spot. I think the, people are going to call me crazy, but listen, the Nationals, when you look at If they stay healthy with Scherzer, Strausberg, and Corbin, they added John Lester. Okay. That is four quality good arms there. And if they make the postseason, those are guys that have proved it in the postseason and won some and won rings. So you have those four guys. Then you got on the offensive side, Soto, who's a top five player in the league. If he stays healthy, he's a guy to watch out for. Trey Turner's a solid player. They get Ryan Zimmerman back. Um, you know, they, Josh, um, you know, they got Harrison this year. He's going to be a nice quality signing for them. I mean, I think they're a team to watch out for the Nationals. You know, Will Harris, Brad Hand will lead the way. Daniel Hudson, they have the bullpen. So I really think, you know, Josh Bell, of course, too. You know, I don't know how they're going to, you know, play Zimmerman and Bell, but, you know, having him is a good, you know, depth option there. Um, and, you know, Keboom, you know, which is their star, you know, prospect he'll probably see the um you know major leagues probably this year sometime and not to mention that they got shore so i i think the nationals if they all stay healthy if everything clicks which we all know is a long shot in every team's case they will win they will be second place and make that wild card spot that is my prediction they will beat out the mets and the phillies i know met fans are not going to be happy with this but listen met fans I don't hate you guys, but the fact of the matter is you guys didn't do enough in the offseason to make yourselves a better team, okay? Your pitching is still a question mark behind DeGrom, okay? Stroman, I expect that of nice year, okay, and he's a great number two, but you don't know when he gets guard back. And after that, Correios is already hurt. There's so many question marks with the bullpen as it is, okay? More this year, and with your starting rotation, I don't think you'll have enough to win i think yeah your offense might do really well and might have a nice season for you guys and he asked you to down 325 million dollars just recently but you know him i think he might have a nice year okay you know alonzo might have a nice bounce back year we, we can go down the list conforto i think is gonna have a nice year and he's gonna be a free agent we can go you know I think the Mets will do okay, but I just see them as an 85-win team at max. I don't see them making the playoffs. They got Bauer. I think that maybe put them over the hump of the Nationals to get that second wild card, but I don't think they did enough where they're going to be the best team. Okay, Maybe down the road they could be, but there's still a lot of question marks. How are they going to play Dom and, and Pete with no universal DH? Because right now there's no universal DH. So, you know, you're going to have the pitcher hit in the National League. So. It's I don't know I just think there's too many question marks with the Mets where they can make the playoffs. The Phillies don't have a bullpen. <laughs> um, I mean Dombrowski I think will try to do his best to work with that team and Girardi. They'll try to get something, but I think the Phillies are a good offensive team. They have two good stars, you know, with um, Nolo Nola and, and Wheeler. But I just you know I'm Bryce Harper I think will have a nice year for the Phillies, but I don't see them doing anything after that. And then you got the Brewers. Yelich is one of my favorite players in the game. If he stays healthy, he's a stud. You know, I think, you know, of course, you know, hater is a nice bullpen arm that they have, And they are good on – they had some guys show up last year. And I think that, you know, Kane coming back for a full year after, you know, he kind of quit, you know, and then quit. But he, he didn't play a lot last year because of the COVID situation. I think, it, you know – I think they can be like an 80-win team, but I just – and they play in a weaker division because the Reds and the Cubs and the Pirates are all not that great this year. Cubs are worse with what they've lost in pitching and also, um, you know, losing Schrober. I mean, yes, they do have, you know, Rizzo and, and Baez and, and and everything else, but their pitching has taken a hit too with losing Darvish. So their question mark's there. I think the Reds, you know, they lost – yeah, they lost Bauer. Um, so I think that was a key loss for them. So I don't think they'll be okay teams, but they're not going to be as good. And I think the Pirates are one of the worst teams in Major League Baseball. So um, they could do damage, but I just don't see them getting over the hump. I think they need a little bit more pitching, a little bit more help for Yelich in that offense and Kane. So, but I do think they'll be an 80-win something team. But um, listen, I think the Nationals are going to take that final spot, and you know they're going to make the playoffs. So that's my prediction. Dodgers win the West. Cardinals win the Central, Braves win the East, and then the Padres and Nationals take the last two wildcard spots. So those are my ten teams making it into the playoffs. That's my prediction. Um, we'll see what happens. But, you know, baseball is back. You know, Major League Baseball starting. New Jersey high school teams get their first can start practicing right away tomorrow, them in softball. So baseball is in the air. Softball is in the air. The Diamond is about to get filled with, you know, players all over the Diamond – gonna be fun it's gonna be fun as you can tell i'm very excited so um yeah it should be fun to watch and you know it should be a fun major league baseball season to watch hopefully you know guys people can go get to watch some games in the stadiums and get to have that and fun as we always used to do in the spring the summertime and the fall during the postseason you know that we missed out on last year so um hopefully you guys all enjoy that and all enjoy opening day you know, and take in all the glory that it brings with Major League Baseball. So that's my predictions on the 2021 Major League Baseball season. And that is all for this edition of the Bassin Interaction Podcast. I want to thank everybody for tuning in to hear me recap the short conference postseason wrestling pods that begin next week as well as give you my predictions on the 2021 Major League Baseball season. Opening day is here. Derek Colt's going to be on the mound in front of fans at Yankee Stadium. We've made it. And also April 1st marks the first day that full squad practices can start for high school baseball teams across New Jersey. So spring sports are on the horizon. You know, Boys and girls lacrosse are going to start up soon, as well as track and field. Tennis has already started up. Softball as well. Golf. So, all good stuff on the horizon here with girl with spring sports beginning later this month. I also want to thank Jaquan Harris for coming on the podcast to talk about his commitment to the Seton Hall men's basketball program. And before I go, I want to send out um, best wishes for everyone celebrating holidays. Uh, the last couple of weeks, it's the holiday season here during the springtime. I want to wish a and Pesach to all my uh, Jewish people. Um, out there. I hope you guys had a great first two nights of the Seder um, last weekend. And for those that are celebrating Easter, I want to wish you all a happy Easter and a happy Holy Week. So I hope everybody has a great holiday weekend. And for those schools on spring break, I hope you guys stay safe, enjoy your time with your family, and enjoy hopefully the nice weather that will be coming this weekend. I know the next day, couple days won't be great, but the weekend should be nice. And hopefully. Nice weather will be here to stay for the rest of the spring and summer. So, um, again, um, happy holidays to all um, those who celebrate Easter and Passover. And thank you all for tuning in to the Bassin Interaction Podcast. This is Sports Reporter Stephen Bassin signing off from this edition of the Bassin Interaction Podcast.